be more confident in uh, yourself, not to fear, uh, and just try new things, try new experience uh, in order to understand uh, what is better for you uh, and in order to live your own life, not the life uh, your parents want you to live or your friends or the society overall. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. To help Ukrainians, we need to break the stereotypes because Ukraine is not just a former Soviet country, nor Chernobyl. The new generation of Ukrainians today have unlimited potential. This podcast is to break the stereotypes about Ukrainians and show the greatness of Ukraine to the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that, for the rest of his life he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. I couldn't return to Kiev because of the pandemic, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support more than 125 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev to the to students from the Flex program, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics to the United Nations to interns at the Ukrainian parliament and at the Canadian parliament to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So please support this podcast by sharing an Instagram story today and mention the page aziz.future. My goal is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 100 in France and Switzerland, top 60 in the United Kingdom and Japan, top 50 in Germany and Canada, top 25 on Apple Russia, top 15 in Belarus, Poland and Australia, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, South Korea, and many other places, because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people. And this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Alina Mitrenko. Alina is an international communications student 
at the Institute of International Relations, Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev. She is also the communications manager at the NGO Foundation of Regional Initiatives, FRI. Alina adores public activism, enjoys content creation, and is interested in project management. Alina, how are you today? Hello, I'm very happy to be here today. Thank you for this, and thank you for being here to share your thoughts, your personality, and everything with us. And to ask you something, Alina, these days, these weeks, this period, what seems to be the thing that you think about often? Maybe something about your life, something about the world, or something, a problem to fix, or something to improve? And can you share that today? Well, thank you for the great question. Um, You know, in our modern world, uh, where there is so much information flaring up, I think that uh, in our modern world, in our information society, when there is so many information and opportunities flaring up, um, it's very uh, hard to uh, catch up with all this uh, information and uh, opportunities. And sometimes uh, I think that I have this fear of missing out. Uh, Like if you know this word, uh, FOMO, um, and it is very common to me because um, I always try to uh, use all the opportunities that are given to me. And um, sometimes I don't think that we also need to have time uh, to have a rest and not to be in the constant rush. So this is the thing that bothers me now, I think. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly, In this time, in this age, there is so much information, knowledge, opportunities, and things to do that you get a fear of missing out, which pushes you to do more, to learn more, to take on more projects and initiatives, which is overwhelming and leaves no time for you to rest or relax. But there is a feeling that it's important to take on all the opportunities that open up, otherwise you might miss something. Is this correct? Yes, yes. Although I understand that it is not true and we need to think about our mental health and that uh, uh, if uh, I'll miss one opportunity, it doesn't mean that I'll be less successful than I am now. So these are the things just to, to live with and to understand. Thank you. So although your brain and mind knows that it's okay even to miss one opportunity, it won't reduce your success, there is a part of you or a drive to take on more, and in many ways that neglects your mental health. Is this true? Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you. And if we may explore this a bit more, Were there times before in your life, even before now, where for whatever reason you thought you needed to take on more projects or to take on more opportunities because you didn't, or something that used to give you that FOMO feeling? 
Yes, actually, it's a very interesting topic uh, because, um, you know, we use so much like different social networks. We know so many people and it's impossible not to compare ourselves uh, to them. And that's why it's like uh, we we create some reference points and we try to um, be the best in everything although it's uh, impossible and uh, that's why sometimes these people um, which you uh, see every day in instagram stories for for example they make you uh, feel uncomfortable and make you uh, take on more different uh, obligations and projects and so on Thank you. And this is going so deep and so relevant. And it's even an important topic for me as well. So if I understood you correctly, in this day and age, even if though in your mind, you know that those people on social media, they're not really showing the reality of their lives totally, that they have problems too, etc. But when the stories and the Instagram posts and everything that you see, are images that imprint in your subconscious mind that there are people living perfect lives and that there are people who are ahead of you. It, in many ways, makes you compare yourself, see yourself as less perfect and behind, and create an ideal, impossible image for yourself, which pushes you to take on more and more projects and action without caring for your mental health, and in many ways, it's too much. You don't get time to enjoy life or to be alive, but rather to be a machine that is trying to reach an impossible standard. And therefore, it never, ever ends. And there is always a need for more as long as you're not in that perfect state, which is created by comparing to other people who are showing a perfect image that is not even realistic. Is this correct? Yes, this is 100% correct. And you know, this is, I think, the biggest problem problem of our society, of our youth, that we, we can, like, uh, maybe we don't want to show, like, perfect life, but we do this just because it's uh, beautiful to show uh, your perfect day, even though uh, there were a lot of uh, other problems. Uh, and uh, people, other people see only these beautiful pictures and uh, that only makes them feel bad. But we, we don't want to make others people, um, other people feel bad, but uh, we just want to share something beautiful. Thank you. And that's a very important point. So people, of course, don't want to share the problems or the negatives with other people. They want to share good emotions and highlights. But what end up being there is that people who live their life with the ups and downs see only up and up and up from others. And then they think, wow, I'm not as perfect as that. So something is wrong with me. And that messes up their mental health in a way that pushes them to try more. And then they chase that unrealistic standard, never arriving because there is no perfect day for any person. Or if there is one perfect day, the next is not totally perfect because we are human. And imperfection is part of learning about life, about ourselves and discovering parts of us that if we only had a perfect life, we cannot grow because we don't need to. Anyway, is this correct? And if so, there is a point by Bertrand Russell 
who is a philosopher, and he wrote a really beautiful essay called In Praise of Idleness. And he was saying that actually, the thinking about work ethics and imbalance was invented by aristocracy and people who were in church and the kings, etc., to make the peasants work even harder while they enjoy their labors by telling them, oh, work is, is really something that you have to work harder to be a useful member of society because your worth and your value should come from your work and contribution, which is true, but they pushed it to an extreme. Well, if someone takes a day off and they relax, they feel a bit guilty thinking, wow, I'm not being useful right now. Maybe I'm not living to my potential or I'm not being a good person. Well, in reality, it's when you take time off, you can think and truly know what you love so that you can choose the right life rather than being in the rat race, chasing momentum. And maybe you're going in the wrong direction that doesn't give you happiness. That was his point. What are your thoughts on this? And are there things you can share, maybe stories, maybe something you read or you saw that has shown you why this is such a huge problem in society and maybe even in Ukraine today? Yes, uh, exactly. I agree with this statement and it is very cunning and treaty, I think. Uh, and uh, I agree that uh, it's very important to uh, give yourself uh, time to have a rest, uh, to maybe procrastinate a little bit. But, you know, uh, society uh, like tells that procrastinating is uh, bad, but it's not actually uh, that bad because so uh, when you um like understand everything that you're doing right now even uh, if you don't do anything you just uh, uh, staying alone with your thoughts it's also very important for your mental health and for your life you can't uh, always be in a rush and thinking about something and doing something and by the way uh, I found out about this uh, thing, uh, like reference points and so on, and I became to think about this more uh, when I found a course on uh, Coursera. Uh, it was um, the science of happiness. And, uh, you know, when the quarantine began, it was the most popular course uh, in the whole uh, world. It was top one. And it is very interesting that it became so popular when the lockdown began because it became the more uh, acute problem of our society. Thank you. And various guests here on this podcast said that the pandemic was a blessing because they used to rush from meeting to meeting, from task to task, from project to project. But when they had to stop because of the quarantine, and think about the value of time and that life doesn't have to be a constant rat's race where they're running, 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 forgetting to live. It gave them perspective and the desire for balance and therefore to take care of their mental and emotional health and well-being. Well, you said you took that course to understand who you are more as a person. If you were to describe something that really makes you feel alive. You know, something that gives you euphoria, something that is really happy, that you enjoy, you consider a passion for you. 
what is this thing or a couple of things that could be your favorite passions to do? Uh, well, I think that's a good question. I think that this thing which makes me feel alive is communication with people, with that people uh, which are on the same wave with me. Uh, and uh, I don't have a lot of such people in my life, but uh, um, they are very precious, really, uh, because uh, for me, it's the most important thing to feel free to express everything that I feel and to know that these people understand me. Uh, so the feeling of uh, spending time with these people, I think, is the best. Thank you. So it's spending time communicating with people who are on the same wavelength as you and feeling you can show yourself totally to those people because they understand you and you can say anything you wish and be your true self without judgment because they are the right people and you're on the same wavelength and you don't have many such people, but you appreciate them very much. Is this correct? Yes, uh, yeah, even though I, uh, I'm very uh, like friendly and outgoing and I know a lot of different people, but there are really um, a few of them which are really the closest and uh, which understand me completely and I understand them. Thank you, Alina. It seems that you are someone introspective, who thinks that things through and thinks about life. I don't know if that is totally true. That's why going and rushing and not having time to think makes you feel that you miss this part maybe. But that as well, to ask about those few people who are on the same wavelength as you, and it's interesting that you use that word. Do you feel that right away or did you feel that right away with them? that when you meet this person, you feel, wow, this person is different. There is a connection with this person that is, we're on the same vibe. And I feel this person, like I've known them for a long time, they understand me and I feel good around them. And this is not common. Or are they other people that spent years with bit by bit developing this until it arrived to that deeper connection with them now? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure that this feeling can be uh, somehow developed because uh, personally speaking, I uh, understand from the very beginning if uh, it is mine personal like, or not. So um, for me, it's very easy to um, get if I'll uh, continue uh, speaking uh, with this person, if I'll continue uh, to develop our relations or not. Thank you. And to make even more sure, because there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who feel that for those who are similar to them. They agree on everything. And they're like, yes, I found people who agree with me and we're the same. And you find that a lot in politics, etc. Or soccer fans or football is, or sports fans who can be very similar on everything. Or there are people who can feel this connection with someone, that vibe, but that person can be different. And they think, wow, 
this is so interesting. They have different perspectives. They have things I can learn from. Maybe they disagree with me on some things, but then we will have a great conversation to learn more. And some people are love that. Other people don't want that. I don't know what it is for you. So can you comment? And why would whatever perspective you have has value in this world? Uh, yeah, so uh, I think that uh, uh, for me, it's rather the second type because uh, we are completely different with my friends. We can even disagree uh, on politics, even though I'm very interested in politics. Uh, and I mean, it doesn't matter to me uh, when we just feel the connection, even though we are not uh, very similar, we have different interests, uh, uh, but just uh, it's important for me to have this feeling that um, I can learn something from this person and I can give something from me for this person to learn something new. So um, it's important to have this feeling of constant development, I think. I like that. And I have to ask you because I have high empathy which means when I see any person, I can feel what I would call their energy and I can feel it really fully. Like people's energies are different flavors. Some are lighter, some are more positive, some are darker, whatever it is. When I walk around, I just feel it everywhere and I'm used to it. It's normal to me. But to you, even if it's not at that level, when you met those people or meet people that you click with right away, do you also feel people's energies that some people just by being give you a good feeling? Other people, maybe they're angry and they're not angry with you, but you walk near them and you feel that or that this is not your personality and your way of being? Uh, well, um, I love this topic of uh, uh, empathy and I can say that I'm a very empathetic person um, overall and, uh, uh, you know, I've never thought about this much before I entered the university, but then um, I met my English teacher who devoted the whole English class to the empathy. Uh, and uh, the whole uh, like program of teaching is based on empathy, and it is very interesting to um, to feel very different people to try to understand them. Uh, it's um, I like this very much. Really, I'm very empathetic. I can say. Thank you, and this is interesting even more because I noticed that students from the international uh, the Institute of International Relations speak English much better than other students from other places in Ukraine. Even the Ukrainian university that specializes in linguistics and languages, they don't speak as well as the IIR people. So can you tell me about this class? What is different about that educational way compared to any previous experience with English you had? And what is special about learning English in that way? And maybe about the education in IIR in general that makes it really a standout kind of institute? Okay, that's a very interesting question. Uh, first of all, you know, some people joke that uh, you can uh, graduate from IIR and uh, uh, 
you can like not know this the thing about uh, your specialty uh, but you'll definitely know um, a foreign language uh, and uh, this is true really because uh, we have uh, foreign language every day uh, it can not only be english but uh, um, i'm happy to learn english uh, at the iar and um, speaking about this uh, special system of teaching uh, i can say that um, i'm very happy to get to this group uh, because um, we do very unusual things like we um, analyze different films different speeches we learn them we uh, learn how to use our voice techniques our gestures how to uh, empathize and how to present ourselves so we learn the basics of public speaking of uh, how to behave in front of the camera and uh, i think that these skills are very important in life and uh, I like the way we combine learning English and uh, all these skills, which uh, uh, I don't know how could I get anywhere um, not in the Institute. So, yeah, it gives confidence. Thank you. I agree with you that IRER people are really good communicators and it's interesting your study in international communication. So it's your field in many ways. And to speak more about you on a personal level, and you spoke about being overwhelmed with a lot of things to be productive. And it's important and in one way that, yes, you can explore more opportunities to discover more. But like you said, sometimes being procrastinating is not being lazy. It's giving yourself time to think, to be with yourself, which is highly valuable. If you could design a perfect day that will give you the maximum mental health, that will be, let's say, you had the perfect job, all the opportunities in the world, you explored them, you're like complete in every way, and you have a day that will be your perfect day in perfect weather, in your favorite location, whatever that might be, and you will design this day to bring you the maximum happiness, which includes both, of course, communicating with the people you love, but also doing activities or even walks or whatever that you enjoy. How would you design that masterpiece day? Wow, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think that it depends. It depends on a lot of things. It depends on mood. And uh, uh, I think that the most important thing about my perfect day is that uh, I really uh, wouldn't like to be in a rush. I'd like to relax, not to think about uh, uh, like different deadlines, projects, uh, work, uh, I don't know, uh, like uh, these things that make, make me anxious. Uh, yes, and I'd like to concentrate on communicating with uh, my uh, friends, with my close people. And just, it can be everything because uh, I love to do a lot of things. But, it, you know, uh, people say that it, it doesn't matter uh, what is the place if you're with the right people. I agree with you, and that reminds me of a book by Carl Honoré, which is in praise of slowness, challenging the cult of speed, where he speaks about how when we're in constant rush, we're actually 
not experiencing anything, even the projects we do, if we did them a bit slower, we can explore more, learn more about ourselves in different situations, etc. Because if you think about it, and even scientifically, that learning and development doesn't come from experience or from doing things, it comes from doing things and then taking time to think and learn about what you did so that you extract the lessons. And if we don't give ourselves time to think about what we did or to experience doing something and learn, the reflection will be lost. And we literally do what some people jokingly say. If someone has 10 years of experience, it's probably one year repeated 10 times and they're not better than they were on year one, which is sadly the experience of most human beings rather than constant development comes by going outside your comfort zone. But it's like in prehistoric times when you leave the cave to hunt, you don't stay there forever. You have to return to the cave to rest, eat, reflect, recharge before going out again, rather than the modern day, like you said, we're always rushing, 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 rushing. We never return to reflect, learn, and re-energize as well as think, am I going in the right direction? Is this the correct place for me? And from our experiences, we can learn more about what we love and what we don't. And you as a person who is reflecting on this actively, what would be your thought on the right way for people to find what is truly their destiny or purpose or mission or the things that they should spend more time on? And what would be the things they should eliminate from their lives in order to live more according to their own soul, their own desires, and their own talents, skills, as well as not living off of fear, FOMO? Yeah, um, well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, uh, the reflection, yeah, I agree that it is very important. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, I would say that uh, it's important to um, uh, to have a rest just in order to think what you did and if uh, it was a pleasure for you to, to do this uh, or not. Uh, so this is the first thing. And another thing is that uh, don't always try to do everything uh, perfect. Like it's impossible. And uh, if you'll try uh, to do um, everything perfect or just uh, do not do uh, anything, then uh, it, uh, it won't uh, help you in life. Like just try to uh, do new things. Uh, try to experience uh, something unusual for you and go out of your comfort zone just in order to understand what gives you pleasure uh, and uh, what is the what is the the most uh, important thing in your life which you would like to continue doing uh, because it's important to devote yourself to the um, to this sphere which uh, uh, like gives you um, inspiration and uh, positive emotions just in order not to burn out thank you and since you mentioned that with so much emotion did you have experience of burnout or almost burnout and what is the thing that gives you the best emotions like you mentioned the thing that gives you pleasure the thing that is really you mentioned communicating with people and that's great 
Do you have other things that help you not burn out? And did you experience burnout before? And if so, how did you escape from it or return to a better mental balance? Yes, I like this question. Actually, uh, yes, I experienced burning out and it was because uh, I've taken so much responsibilities and I understood that uh, I I cannot devote enough time for everything. And moreover, uh, there are some activities that I like and some that I don't like, but just uh, I feel that uh, I feel that pressure that people want me to do this. Uh, so, yeah, this was the reason uh, of burning out. But then what helped me is uh, uh, just taking a rest and a little bit of procrastinating just in order to understand what uh, I should quit and what uh, I should continue doing. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, the thing that helps. Thank you. This is great. And I want to make sure about social media because you spoke about that early on. If you were to suggest or if you had a magic wand where you can change the world, what would you change about social media or about people's behavior when posting that will help others have a more realistic perspective? Would you recommend posting one negative thing every day? Or people will say, well, why should I share negativity? Or would you recommend not using filters at all but then some girls will say well i have lower self-esteem if i don't use that i won't feel so good about posting and sharing my photos and of course we go deeper than why does society lead to people having lower self-esteem which is a deeper issue but let's focus on the social media it seems to be a thorny issue if you had some suggestions or ideas that will make it less of something that distorts the reality, causing people to burn out, basically trying to keep up with an unrealistic image of success and reality. What would you say? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting point. Well, uh, I think that um, actually, if I could, I would uh, delete my Instagram page at all. But um, as uh, I, my work is connected to Instagram and uh, a lot of other things, uh, I can't do that. So um, talking about uh, some rules for people, uh, I would maybe ban. Well, it's also... Um, it's also a trend uh, that uh, people shouldn't use so much filters uh, and it uh, um, became popular, I think, uh, several years ago. Uh, but I would, I don't know, ban people to, um, to show uh, unrealistic pictures and uh, uh, to show only positive things. So just... Uh, or you show and uh, the good things and the bad things, or you don't show uh, anything, uh, because what is the point of uh, uh, lowering the self-esteem of other people? Thank you. And I have to ask then specifically about Ukraine, because there are countries in the world where there is the same issue with social media, but people don't get into such a frenzy of, trying to work so hard, like in Ukraine, even people before social media used to be workaholics, especially around Kiev. If you were to comment on the culture, even more than the social media, 
What do you think is it about Ukrainian culture, or at least the culture around the capital Kiev, that really pushes people to feel expectation to work so hard and then really neglect their mental health? I had a guest here who said it's a post-Soviet mentality where they don't care about the mental health of the person. What they care about is them being the best worker that they can be and then working themselves to death, basically. And he said even in sports, when he was playing basketball, the coaches didn't care at all about mental preparation. All they cared about is pushing people to their physical limits. And that reflected negatively in the results, but they didn't care because they had that mentality which made them see the world as you have to push yourself, push, 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 and that mental health will happen just because you develop mental strength from suffering so much. So <laughs> I don't know whether this is a correct reflection, especially you're from the newer generation, so it's a different attitude. But about the culture of Ukraine and Kiev, what is it that makes people be pushed so much to almost burn out all the time and be so hardworking like that? Well, I 100% agree that this is about our mentality and this is about our Ukrainian history overall because um, like all the years, it's not only about this, uh, the times of the Soviet Union, um, all the years were very challenging for the Ukrainians and they had to work really, um, really much. And yes, I think that it comes from there. But um, another thing that makes young people nowadays to uh, that makes uh, them work more and more, um, uh, I think that this is the influence of society and this competition, uh, like who is the most successful uh, and so on. But uh, the mentality also plays an important role. Thank you. Then I will add an even more of a question, Stefania Klimenko, who was a guest early on here, and she went to live in Canada, and she said that she felt pressure when she lived in Kiev to always dress nice, even to go buy bread from the supermarket. Well, when she went to Canada, she noticed that people are more relaxed, they can walk around in joggings and flip-flops around the city, even the girls. So she became medium. She said, I didn't go all the way like that, but not as much as Ukraine. While other people say, no, that's not so true. I don't know. But do you feel in general that everyone or a lot of people are putting that expectation, not only about being successful, but about looking as successful or more, like she said, people try to look more successful than they are. Otherwise, they'll feel ashamed if they don't look like that. Is this something you noticed or is it not for the younger generation? And is it contributing to people working so hard? Like one guest said, uh, some girl was working uh, night shifts for a whole month to get extra money just to buy an expensive, um, expensive shoes, etc. for her to walk around with. And then she thought, wow, you worked like, 50 more hours this month just to spend them on shoes. And the girl said, I need to look my best. It's important for me to not look um, unsuccessful. I don't know whether that expectation of looking the part as well is 
there in Ukraine or the younger generation are more free from it and they can look any way they wish. It's more about achievement itself. Well, I agree with Stefania about this, that uh, actually I think that the point is that uh, our Ukrainian, and not only only Ukrainian, but just uh, these post-Soviet people, I think they lack of, uh, um, they lack uh, like uh, empathy and respect uh, for other people. Like we are, they are so concentrated on others that they don't think about themselves. Like, uh, um, I think that in Canada, for example, people uh, think more about their lives and, uh, they, uh, judge, uh, less than other people. And yes, I think that this is the problem, but I've never thought about that before, but, uh, now I notice that really it's true. Thank you. And this is the third time you say empathy with such emotions. If you are to define empathy to you, what does it mean? Like three things that together mean empathy. What would you say? Yeah, as I said, uh, I really love this word because uh, um, we learned a lot about that. And as our teacher says, empathy is walking in the shoes of another person. And I 100% agree about that. And also, I would say that empathy is about uh, respect, uh, is about understanding and, um, well, I don't know, embracing maybe. Thank you. So walking a mile in the shoes of another person is about respect, understanding, and embracing other people. Is this correct? Yeah. So it's like the Stephen Covey, uh, one, uh, number five of the seven habits of highly effective people is to seek first to understand before trying to be understood. So it's about understanding the other person. That is one. Second, respect. And if I understood you correctly, it means giving the person the right to make their own decisions, their own thoughts, their own opinions, their own choices, rather than trying to tell them what to do. I don't know if that is what you meant exactly with respect and embracing. It means coming from an attitude of love for people and positivity rather than harsh judgment and negativity. Is this correct? Yes, it's correct. Thank you very much, Alina. And listen to your heart now. If there is a piece of advice or a lesson you learned recently or anything that the listener could benefit from that you can share, what would be such an insight lesson advice that is both for yourself, of course, and for the listener? Uh, Okay, so I would advise uh, everyone to be more confident in uh, yourself not to fear uh, and just try new things try new experience uh, in order to understand uh, what is better for you uh, and in order to live your own life not the life uh, your parents want you to live or your friends or the society overall Uh, so just listen to yourself and don't be afraid of uh, someone someone else's judgment uh, just um, do what uh, your heart uh, tells you to do. Thank you. And I have to ask again, because you said confidence in this context with a lot of emotions. And you said it before when you said the system 
in IIR develops your confidence? Well, how does confidence develop? And what does it mean? Although if I understood correctly, it means listening to yourself and not caring about the harsh judgment of others, but maybe you define it in a different way. But specifically, if someone wants to develop confidence, because the reality is it's a word where everyone says, be confident, be confident, but they don't tell how. It's like, be yourself, and then <laughs> they don't tell you how. Well, if someone wishes to develop confidence, what are some things they can do to develop it? And if you were to define it for yourself, what it means, what is confidence? Oh, well, confidence is, I don't know, um, it helps me, um, uh, like, personally, um, I think that uh, recognition is very important for me when people just uh, tell me that uh, I can do something uh, well and uh, it helps me to understand uh, what uh, I'm good at and uh, it gives me confidence. And, uh, uh, well, I think that confidence is when you really do not pay attention to uh, what other people think about what you're doing. You just know your, uh, you define your goal and you just uh, um, reach it uh, without uh, uh, any uh, like judgments and uh, fears because fear is, it uh, prevents us from, uh, from doing our best. Thank you. And I like that you bookmarked or bookended this uh, episode with fear, although it's a different definition. You said here fear as in a barrier that stops us from reaching our goals. And earlier it was FOMO, which is fear pushing you to do more and be overwhelmed. <laughs> but it's good. It's like the best writers, they often begin with the sentence and then end with a similar thought so that there is a beginning and an end that is matching. And you did that. So I congratulate you on your communication skills or it was good luck and a good coincidence <laughs> to end. What are your thoughts? And if people want to communicate with you, to send you a message, to know more about you, and we spoke about social media negatively, but hey, it's a de facto way of communication. What are the best places and links, websites, social media? for people to learn more about you and to communicate with you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for this experience. It was very unusual. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that uh, uh, the most uh, um, convenient way to communicate with me is to uh, text me on Instagram uh, because um, uh, it, it is the, the this... Uh, um social network which uh, represents me as a person i think so yeah uh, if you want you can contact me there thank you very much alina it was my privilege my honor and my pleasure and i wish you a great day thank you very much it was a pleasure to be here today